Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Let's Talk Surgery podcast. This is a continuation of our FST series. I am your host, as always, Gregory Carter, colorectal registrar up in Edinburgh. And with me is my good friend, Ceci. Ceci, how are you doing? I'm fine. Gregory, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm excited about the FST series as we continue it. Today, we have with us Robin Payton, Professor of orthopedic surgery, I believe. Robin, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you very much. Thank you for that very sexy uh, start to the podcast. <laughs> what a good voice. You would never know that you like Michael Boogley. Oh. <laughs> um, Robin, what is the <laughs> what is discussed in our pre-meet thing? Our pre-meet? And, and that bit will be edited out of the podcast. Oh, Greg, so. I think he's got you there. <laughs> certainly has. Thanks for that, Robin. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> so very, very briefly, what we tend to do at the start of these episodes is to let you introduce yourself in your own words to our audience. So who is Robin Payton? Well, I am a man because <laughs> Robin can have a wire or an eye. So if you think yeah. I've got a deep voice, there's a reason for it. I'm a children's orthopedic surgeon in the northwest of England near Manchester in Blackburn. Uh, my particular interest is is hip disorders in children, uh, but you know we're not here to talk about my interests. We're talking about we're here to talk about things I don't usually talk about. So um, that's me. I, I have two two I have two children. Um, I live in a barn which has been converted, obviously, because the cows right. have been moved out, and I live in a place in the Ribble Valley, which is a very pretty place to live. Excellent. I feel as though this episode will be. A whole lot of fun and I'm looking forward to it. So let's dive in. Robin, who was your best trainer or who is the best trainer you've come across and why? Well, there's two influences, two influences I'd like to speak about. The first one I'd like to talk about was Ronald McRae. So most orthopedic surgeons will know of him. He is the, uh, he's late, he passed away only about two or three years ago, but his talents were, was he was a wonderful artist and most orthopedic registrars and people working in A&E use his book, which is either Practical Orthopedics or Practical Fracture Management. And we got through our early years as a registrar by having that book next door to the cl- clinic room I was in. And when you saw something you weren't sure about, you said, excuse me, I'll be back in a minute. And you opened up his book. But it's a beautiful <laughs> book. It's lovely illustrations. But I also had the advantage that I trained in the 1970s, which shows you how old I am, in Glasgow. And he was my trainer and he took a whole month of taking us through orthopedics, uh, showing us cases. And he was quite charismatic and he, he influenced me. He made me want to do orthopedic surgery. Another person yeah. I'd just like to mention who isn't my, my mentor, but someone I, I was absolutely amazed by. It was Kate Granger who did Hello, My Name Is. I met her speaking just before she passed away. And she was most amazingly inspirational, fantastic person who was talking about how we should behave better with patients, not standing above them, treating them like people, particularly when she said, someone came to give her a cup of tea and said, room number 21, what do you want to drink? So that sort of influence, I'd like people to watch her, her work, see what she did. And it's a way medicine should be done. So two spectrums, one many years ago and one nearby. Echo those sentiments, Robin. I think um, those are pretty good examples of trainers. And again, with your mentor, it it speaks to that uh, notion of the enthusiasm and inspiration from those that come before you and your trainers can lead you down a career path. And clearly that 
may have had an influence in yours. So thanks for sharing that. I guess coming to you now, you've been inspired to be an orthopedic surgeon and you have a generation that follows you. What is it about training that generation that you enjoy the most? Well, I think the best bit is seeing new talent with completely different skill sets because the new generation have, I think, a more healthy view of life, not just driving through your career to, every, to the only aim. And I think we need to have a decent life balance. Different skills, uh, different interests. And what I, what, what I like is developing them to be better surgeons. And there's a thing I like to talk about, and there's uh, a chap called Welsh, who was the chief executive of uh, GEC in America. And he talks about reverse mentorship. I learn a lot from my trainees. They, they, I, and it's not one way. I have to know what they think, and they need to, to be honest, tell me what I'm doing right or wrong. And in training, we've got to take away a little bit of the hierarchy. Obviously, there has to be a hierarchy, but we, we need to know what we can do to make the trainees better, and the trainees tell me things I don't know. They don't like Michael Boogley, though. <laughs> I think Greg is going to be paying for that from now till the end of time which is wonderful because he's yep, usually the yep, one yep. teasing me so i'm going to add this little arrow to my quiver to fire yeah. for later and we're nice. hoping he, we're hoping that he'll teach me about music as we go through this podcast well, he will speaking of music um, that leads us nicely to the next question if you played music in theater what would you play well, I'm one of these old-fashioned people who doesn't like music. Uh, I think the problem is music can be very good, but if other people are controlling it in the theatre and you're getting to a difficult period, it can be a distraction and it can, and it can just annoy you. For instance, um, another music genre I don't like is ACDC, whereas some people in the theatre may like ACDC. I've never found any real value in that particular song when I'm doing a two-year-old child's dislocated hip. <laughs> well, the sort of music I have, I like to drive to the theatre, drive to the theatre, no, drive to uh, the hospital and put on music which I like. And I've been influenced by my, my own influences, but also by my children and my wife. Uh, luckily, I'm not going to be talking about ticks, take that, take that. <laughs> <laughs> which is one of my wife's favourites. <laughs> well, um, and Robbie Williams. My, my favourite ones are people like Coldplay or Radiohead or Fleetwood Mac. Uh, the Kinks, Prince, um, the Sex Pistols, the Clash, the Eurythmics, the Black Eyed Peas, Kraftwerk, Jean-Michael Schar. So all types of music, except easy listening. <laughs> well, I will reserve comment on easy listening because I am a little bit partial to easy listening. But that playlist sounds absolutely fantastic. And I think I would love to be in the car with you as you're going to work, just enjoying <laughs> the tunes except um, that's illegal during covid restrictions sessi so don't wow gregory i know where you live i know where you live um, so on to the next question so you're on a desert island and you're only allowed to take one surgical or profession specific tool what would that be well, I thought this question was one surgical tool. So this is going to come out a really odd thing to have on a desert island because I don't think it'd be terribly useful on a desert island. My favourite instrument is the McDonald's retractor. What it's, is that? Interesting. A, what um, it is, is a straight retractor with a flat side on one side and a curved side on the other side. It's, we, it's what we orthopedic surgeons use quite a lot. Not very useful for colorectal surgery, I would have to agree. <laughs> well, um, 
I was about to, to say, I'm quite surprised it wasn't a Chan Lee something or the other, because I remember my SHO years in orthopedics, everything was a Chan Lee something or the other. I don't know why. It's That's not true. It can either be a Chan Lee something or other or a Derbury. And for years, I thought a Derbury was an actual instrument. <laughs> or a thingamajig. A thingamajig. <laughs> or a that so thing there. So the reason for the McDonald's retractor being so good, it can be a retractor, as it says on the tin. It can be a probe. I can point out things in theatre and what music I want on. I can point out my trainee. I can protect nerves with it. I can separate soft tissues with it. I can point to anatomy and wonder if my trainee knows the muscle I'm pointing at. <laughs> Usually <laughs> <I can> not. <laughs> I couldn't possibly say that. <laughs> well, um, I think on a desert island, it might be useful because you can use it as a reflective surface to attract the passing ships. So there you go. It's but even I can, useful there. I can tell you something, though. No one would ever want to rescue an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> you are truly in good company. Uh, that, that may or may not be true, says the colorectal surgeon. I did, uh, I, I, I did want to put one quote in. You may say that, but I can't possibly comment. Remember that house of cards? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> moving on to your interests outside of the operating theatre. If there was one book, medical or otherwise, that you've enjoyed recently or in the past, what would it be? So again, to be difficult, I'm going to nominate two books. The first book is the medical book, which is The House of God by Samuel Schlem. This is the most cynical book known to man, and every medical student should read it beforehand. So incidents in it are, at a cardiac arrest, first take your own pulse. There, if the intern and the radiographer see a lesion in the chest x-ray, there is no lesion. Um, there is no cavity in the body which can't be got by a strong arm and a number 18 and, and, and needle. And for colorectal surgeons, the, the, the bowel mirror to the stars, that famous people like to look at their bottoms. And if you develop an anal mirror, that will make you a fortune. <laughs> oh, and I can do one better. You being an orthopedic surgeon, the infamous Gomers get out of my emergency room or <laughs> turf to orthopedics. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Turf. You, can be a, you can be a wall, stop anything coming in. You can be a sieve, get everything in. You can bounce to another specialty. Yeah, it's fantastic. But it's, on a positive point of view, I think it does tell you some of the dark side of medicine and how you should cope. And that the dark humor is something how we deal with it. Uh, he, he's a one, he made another book, but it wasn't very good. But it was, it's, Scrubs was supposed to be based on it. And the non-medical book is A Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Remember? Very nice. Uh, things like the only way to get rid of temptation is to yield to it. Nowadays, people know the price of everything and the value of nothing. I agree. Um, I am too fond of reading books to care to write them. There's a whole lot of them. And basically, it's the only book that Oscar Wilde wrote. But he uses all his funny ones, funnies yeah. in it. And then it gets to the dark side of the person making a painting so he doesn't grow old and becomes quite an evil person. He's kind of prescient. So it's quite an unusual book. And it's probably not something most people know about. But I think it's quite an interesting book. I like anything to do with someone like Robert Harris or, or Len Dayton, which is about the Cold War type of because I like history. There's two different books. I think we share very similar tastes in books. Um, and here's another Oscar Wilde quote from Dorian Gray. Just for you, Greg, you will always be fond of me. That's what I tell my husband all the time. Is this uh, me talking to myself in the mirror? Probably. <laughs> probably. There's, there's another one. Work is the curse of the drinking classes. Yes. <laughs> 
I think, Robin, you have excelled on, on two points. One, your taste in music, and two, your taste in books. I, I absolutely love it. Clearly, you strike me as, well, I was about to say the archetypal pediatric orthopedic surgeon in that you're fun, you're down to earth, and clearly you know how to balance work and play. So how do you keep a good work? life balance it's it's something that is that i lack in my life so any advice you have will will be useful well first of all people say that uh, children's orthopedic surgeons are nice people who don't like to operate which i think is a bit unfair <laughs> no comment <laughs> we do operate honest um i think i've not been the greatest person at getting a work-life balance at the age of 49 i decided to do a phd while working full-time which was an interesting um concept at the time but i achieved it um i'm quite competitive so at the age of 55 i started marathon running and did seven of them and wow. the, the, my best time was four hours two minutes so the year later i took on my children who were in their 20s at a half marathon and to which my eldest said, Why, stop trying to get into my head because I was using psychological warfare against them. <laughs> uh, and I said, you know, it's to get you going. Uh, and they both run since. So I'm quite competitive, but I, I try to keep fit. I still run. I play tennis. I've taken up cycling, which I really try to stop because I don't want to be a mammal. Was that, Mike's, uh, was that Mike's influence? In no, no, not cycling? at all. I, I just decided, someone gave me a bike and I thought, my knees are getting a bit sore and running. Uh, and I, last night I was playing five-a-side football with a group of people I play and I scored a stupendous volley. So yeah, nice. I, I, I try and keep fit by, by running and, and cycling nearly. Absolutely fantastic. Now, the last question I think of as the jewel in the crown. If you were to give one pearl of wisdom, the best advice you've received or can give from your prof professional experiences to our listeners out there, what would it be? I'd say keep your feet in the ground. <clears throat> Don't believe that you know everything. Listen to others and treat people as you'd like to be treated yourself. In other, in other words, I don't think, I don't really think very much about the, my position. I think it's important to realize we're very privileged to have this job. Many people would like to be surgeons and don't become surgeons. So I've been massively privileged to do what I wanted to do and hopefully been successful in it. Um, and I just really would like to bring other people on who want to do that. Fantastic. What a way to end the podcast. Uh, Robin, look, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. This has been one of the episodes I've enjoyed the most since we started doing this, uh, these podcast episodes. And I really hope we can get you back to do a feature length piece on whatever you want to talk about. Just let us know when you're free. And I am fairly certain it'll be a whole lot of fun. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Always thank a pleasure you. to speak to you. And uh, any final words from you? It's been my pleasure. It's been really good fun. I think this is a great format. Yeah, great. I always, people always like talking about themselves, so I'm no exception. <laughs> <laughs> Join the club. We all do. Right. Robin, thank you very much. Right. Uh, right. And we will see you next time. Right. Be kind to each other. Until then, take care.